you might be a little biased, no, no offense to you guys online, but there, there's nothing that can compare to getting in a room and lifting up some hands and lifting up your voices to, to God, amen? Like, I tell you what, it is the thing we need the most in this season of our lives right now, and I believe Jesus is here, I believe his word is powerful, amen, and I believe he's got a word for each and every one of us today, and so good morning again, and, and welcome to Alive. Uh, oh, I, I forgot to do this during welcome, my, my wife, my beautiful, my better half, I feel a little naked up here today, because it's just me. Uh, Erica is at home with our kids, one of our kids woke up not feeling the best, and Ella's got nutcracker today later in Brighton, and so I told her to just stay home, but she sends her love, she sends her best, I'm sure you're watching, honey, love you. Eli, I pray you're feeling better in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. God heals you. He makes you feel better too, buddy. We love you. And uh, just, just thankful to be here. We've, uh, we've had a really powerful month of November. Uh, believe it or not, it is the first Sunday of September. Uh, not September. <laughs> Start over. It's the first Sunday of December, and uh, Christmas is on the horizon, right? And the holiday season's happening, and uh, we, we took the whole month of November, and we did a series titled Running with the Giants, right? And we, we looked in the Hall of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11, and we looked at some giants and some heroes of the faith to build our faith. And we've, we've loved this series so much, and we're kind of just seeking the Lord, like, what do we do in December? And, and he's like, let's just keep building faith. I'm not done building our faith, and so that's exactly what we're going to do Today and next week, we're going to continue in our Running with the Giants series. However, uh, it's going to be Christmas edition, all right? So we're going to move out of the Old Testament, and we're going to look into a couple characters in the Christmas story and look at them through the lens of faith and see what you and I can learn and, and, and be encouraged in our own faith as well. And so our key verse that has been for the whole series that stands true even today is from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I want to look at that real quick. It says, therefore... Since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on who? Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Man, I'll tell you what, we have been doing some running this past month. Anybody feel a little winded maybe, maybe a little energized, but maybe you guys weren't used to running, but man, we've run with some giants this past month, right? Our first giant was Noah. We ran with Noah and looked at what we can learn from him. Our second giant was Isaac, right? Pastor Erica did a great job talking about Isaac and how to run in that way. We looked at Jacob, right? And last week we looked at Joseph, right? And so we've been doing some running. Now we're coming out of the Old Testament. We're looking towards Christmas and the birth of our Savior and the characters in that story that had to believe God in faith just like everyone else in times past because God calls every person that follows him to live by faith. Amen? Right? We don't get an out pass just because we're in the New Covenant or the New Testament, right? No, we are people of faith. God calls us to live by faith. And so we're switching gears. And I'm stirred up to talk and preach about Joseph today. Now, some of you guys are like, isn't that who you preached about last Sunday? I did. I did talk about Joseph, the dude that got, had the Technicolor dream coat, right? He got sold to Egypt. We ain't talking about that Joseph, all right? We're talking about the different Joseph, Joseph the carpenter, Joseph the earthly father of Jesus. That's who we're going to dive into today. And um, if you're taking notes today and you like titles, it's just simply carpenter faith, all right? carpenter faith. They'll make more sense in a minute, but let's open up with a word of prayer as we open God's word to receive what he has in store for each and every one of us. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord God, that your word is living, it's active, it's powerful, 
It discerns the intents of our hearts. It, it leads us. It's the lamp to our feet. It's the light to our path. It's eternal. It's forever settled in heaven. It's a big deal. And so, Lord, we take it and we make it a big deal in our lives today, Lord, as we look to your word, build faith. Build faith, Lord God. I thank you that faith explodes in our hearts today, Lord, as we look to the giants who went before us. And, Lord, we realize that, man, we are no different than them. Just, Lord, we need to trust you and believe in the same way, and you'll do the same exact miracles in our lives, Father God. And so I just thank you as we open your word today that it does come alive to each person here under the sound of my voice and online. And we thank you for it in advance. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So we're talking about Joseph the carpenter, all right? And, and honestly, when you study this out, you don't get much uh, detail about Joseph's life or who he is. There's just a few scriptures that talk about him. We know he's, he's a central uh, figure. A lot of us, if we put out nativity sets in the yard, he's a key fairy. Like, if you're like, I've got Mary, I've got baby Jesus, where's Joseph? Right? Like, sometimes you get packed away, or you sold him in the car uh, garage sale by accident or something like that. You know, like, where's the father? Uh, we don't want this, you know, single parent type situation in our nativity set, right? So there is a dude by the name of Joseph, and uh, we, we do learn about a little bit about him. And in and, and he surrounds the, the, this narrative of the Christmas story. I want to just go to a passage of scripture and read it all together for you from Matthew chapter 1. Uh, we kind of get Joseph's view on the Christmas story. We get his perspective. And we're, again, we're looking at Joseph for our example of a faith giant today. And so as we read that, just do it through the lens of faith. Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18, we're going to read all the way to 25. So now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed or engaged to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make a, her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall, name, you shall call his name Jesus, for he'll save his people from his sins." So all this was done that might be fulfilled, which was spoken through the Lord the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Now, I think a lot of us are familiar with a lot of the details of the Christmas story, the Christmas narrative, Right? And we could go on to other passages of scripture. We go over to Luke 2 and get the other side and get some more details about the journey uh, that they made, right, from Nazareth to Bethlehem and that there wasn't enough room. And so they got, you know, Jesus born in a stable, all that stuff and all the events there. But, but we're not really, I feel like God doesn't want us to focus on the what of the Christmas story today. I believe he really wants us to focus in on the how. How did this happen? And specifically through the lens of faith when looking at Joseph how was this even possible that the Savior was coming to the world and the faith behind it in human beings related to this Christmas story? And so for our purpose today, that's what we're going to do. And so as we're running with Joseph, Joseph the carpenter, Joseph the earthly father of Jesus, we start taking our first little lap with Joseph today. I, I feel like he's got three things that he would want to lean over his shoulder and say, hey, I want you to get this. Take this away for yourselves today. The first one is this. Number one, right living opens the door for great faith opportunities. Right living, living righteously, living according to God's word. We'll talk about what this means in a second, but, but we see this. Besides the events surrounding Jesus' birth, 
We don't get many more details about Joseph in the four Gospels, but there is one detail that we just read and that it's worth repeating and looking at a little bit further that we do get from Joseph that I want to focus in on. It's from Matthew chapter 1, verse 19. We learn an important detail about Joseph the carpenter that is often overlooked when we're just in the Christmas mood. And it's simply this. In Matthew 1, 19, it says, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, everybody say just, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Scripture tells you and I that Joseph was a just man. Other translations say a righteous man, an upright man, a man full of integrity, a faithful to the law man. That's what the Bible says. And so here's the deal. Here's what I feel like God wants to get our attention on in this detail. Joseph wasn't just a man. He was a just man. Big difference, right? You could be just a man or woman, but you could be a just, righteous, holy, set apart. I live my life by the word of God, man or woman. And that is different. That turns head. That shows that we have faith in a God who loves us and knows what's best for us. Amen. And we see this difference. It seems like a seemingly small detail, but we see this all over the Bible, right? We see that right living opens up the door for great faith opportunities. We looked at our giant, our first giant was Noah. And it said the exact same thing about Noah. We read that, you remember? He was a just man. And what was the result? What was the opportunity? He, had, he was chosen by God to save all of mankind on the ark. Then we saw Joseph last week, Jacob's son. He was, he was a man of integrity, right? He, he, he didn't do what he could have done with Potiphar's wife, right? He, he chose to do the right thing. He was a man of integrity. He was a just or upright man. And what happened there? God picked him to save a lot of lives during famine in Egypt, even his own families. You think about Joseph the carpenter that we're talking about today. He was a righteous man. And what happened to him? What kind of faith opportunity did he have in his life? He was picked by the God of the universe to help father and be the earthly father of Jesus, the savior of the world. Hello, talk about a faith opportunity. I think about Jesus and his example. He's the greatest example. But you want to know the top faith giant that's running laps and still running? His name is Jesus, right? He was a righteous man. We know he lived his entire life on earth yet was without sin. And what kind of faith opportunity did he have? To save the entire world, you and I, of sin and death. Come on, somebody. Right living opens up the door for faith opportunities, great faith opportunities. Now, don't get in a ditch because if you've been with us the last few weeks, you've also heard the great news, and it's this. The last few weeks, we've talked a lot about how God uses us despite our imperfections, amen? That God uses you and I in spite of you and I, in spite of our shortcomings, in spite of our sin and our addictions, in spite of our failures, amen? That is good news. No matter what you've done or how messed it is up your life might seem right now, it doesn't disqualify you for God loving you and God having a plan for your life and God wanting to see great faith move through you, amen? So, so we, don't, we don't want to get legalistic about this, hey, i got to be righteous to do great things for God. But I'll tell you what, wherever he finds you at, even in your mess, he doesn't leave you there because he loves you so much, amen? And so the more I study the Bible, though, the more I look into these faith giants, the more I get the details, the behind the scenes of some of these men and women of faith that we've been studying and look at their lives, these huge faith giants are often given great faith opportunities when there's some right living, some, some just living behind that, Right? 
I see a connection to how they lived, right? Their everyday lifestyle, their integrity, their obedience to live according to what God said or how his law has set out, right? They lived and acted uprightly and just. And that opened up the door for a great faith opportunity for them, for God to use them in a powerful way. It did for Joseph the carpenter, right? Like when you think about this, guys, like God could have picked anybody to be the earthly father of Jesus. Anybody, right? Yet isn't it interesting that he intentionally chose Joseph from Nazareth, the carpenter. And I have to believe as we study this out and we looked at God's word that I have to believe that his right living, his character, his uprightness had something to do with it, amen? Like it had to get God's attention, right? I mean, parents, any parents in the room or grandparents, you understand this. It's difficult sometimes to entrust your kids to someone else's care, amen? Like Eric and I have been really blessed over the years to have some great caretakers. Our family's been a really big part of that and some great babysitters along the way. Maybe you're like us, but we don't just let anybody watch our kids, right? Especially in this generation, right? There's like a certain standard set there uh, that, that I'm going to trust these, these blessings that God has given me. I'm responsible for them, but I'm not going to be here for this season or for this week. And you're going to watch them, right? You're going to care after them. You're going to make sure they're development, they're safe, and that they're loved, right? Imagine how God must have felt. He had to entrust his one and only son, Jesus, to the care of another earthly person. Now, he wasn't going to just pick any any old cat off the street to do this, right? He probably had a standard too, someone that would help raise Jesus upright, someone that would help set an example of integrity, God knowing all along that Jesus would have to live on earth for 33 and a half years and be tempted in every way that the world has to throw throw at us, but yet be without sin, so that he could set you and I free from the power of sin and death. He knew this all along. He had to trust the right person. That's a heavy choice. And at the end of the day, God chooses who? He chooses Joseph, the carpenter. He chooses Joseph. He a just, upright man. And what's the result? Faith, opportunity of a lifetime. Get to father the savior of the world, right? And, and have a chance for God to birth salvation for all you and I and his plan to come to pass, right? And so, hey, what does this mean for you and I? Maybe you find yourself in a bunch of different areas or seasons of life right now. I get that. You know, I, I run into a lot of people uh, that are always looking for more, you're just looking for more. I just, I just want more uh, increase. I want uh, more. I want a bigger house. I want, I want more favor. I want more blessing. I want, I want more of God's life call in my life. That's all good and that's all great. But I feel like uh, in, in times we can, what we focus on, uh, we focus on where we want to go. But I feel like God wants to get our attention and say, hey, who do we have to be to get there? Right? A lot of times we focus on what we need to do to get to this next bigger thing. And God is actually more concerned about the heart. God is more concerned about the inward work. God is actually more concerned about who you are becoming, not where you are going. Amen? And he looked at Joseph and he saw a man that had already proven faithful in a lot of areas of his life. And he may not have been the best qualified. He may not have had a loaded bank account compared to some other guys. He may not have lived in the best part of town that some people have. But God saw his heart, amen. God saw his integrity. God saw his upright, steadfast faithfulness to God's word. And God can trust that, amen. And God can use that, right? I feel like God saying to some of us by faith this morning, don't underestimate the power of right living in your life to live a life of faith. Don't underestimate the power of that. 
If you want to make a big impact with your life, start, start with small daily decisions to re- live rightly according to God's word. That's where it starts. And that's where the door of great faith opportunity really swings wide. Because here's the deal. You never know what God might be able to birth and entrust to a man or woman who lives rightly before him. Amen? Amen. So that's the first thing. We, we get that lap. Hey, right living is a big deal. And so wherever the Holy Spirit is convicting us in these areas, we can make that change. We can ask God for help. But the second thing is Joseph's running with us. If he was saying, hey, here's the deal. You, got, you want to know something about faith? It's this. Number two, faith is obeying God even in the face of severe humiliation. Whew, this one's tough. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, what did it say? It said, now the birth of Jesus Christ as follows. After his mother Mary was engaged or betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, minded to put her away secretly. Joseph was faced with a big set of circumstances. Like, if you study out the cultural context of this scripture and these passages, you would understand what the Jewish law says about this. And you would understand what the Jewish law implies of how it happened and what Mary was doing behind Joseph's back. And so not only was Joseph legally, he had the right under the Jewish law to divorce and break the engagement from Mary, he also had the right to kill her by the death of stoning. Now we know he was a right and just man, and he was kind to Mary in the story, in the interactions we see. And so he didn't go that route, thank God for Mary and Jesus, right? He could have gotten away and killed the Savior of the world. Now God would have figured it out, but... Man, that could have made a huge mess. And so Joseph was actually left with two real legit choices, two legit paths. Number one, break the engagement silently and forfeit the right to become Mary's husband and the potential earthly father of Jesus and maybe, maybe experience some shame, some humiliation from a few people, but just kind of do it quietly. Or number two, believe God, stay engaged to Mary and go through with the plan. And in that thing, that sounds great and righteous, but you know what comes with that. Huge, severe humiliation. Huge ridicule. Huge, huge misunderstanding, right? Can you imagine? Put yourself in the shoes of Joseph as he chooses to believe God, right? The stigma, the public stigma around Mary's potential unfaithfulness to her fiance, right? Or the craziness to find out, as Joseph says, well, the baby's of the Holy Spirit, Right. You know, like, do you see the, 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 the ludicrousy of this? As Joseph has to face this and come to terms with, I might look a little crazy by believing God in faith. But do we choose God or do we choose our way, right? The dilemma Joseph had was this. Does he please people and the ways of culture to help save he and Mary's reputation? Or does he please God and have faith have the faith journey of a lifetime, but with it looking like a lunatic to everyone else around him. Two really intense paths and decisions. And and we know what Joseph chooses because we know how the story goes, right? He is a man of faith and he chooses to believe God anyways. Put yourself in Joseph's shoes and stand in the tension for a moment. Do I please God and look like a fool to everyone else around me? Or do I bow and I please man, but disobey God? It's a tough decision. It's not an easy one. Joseph demonstrates that by faith, faith is obeying God even in the face of severe humiliation, right? 
True faith seeks to please God and obey God, not man. Remember what it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, right? It says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those diligently seek him. Remember, who are we trying to please with our faith? God, that is so important and foundational. I think we miss it. We're not trying to please our parents. We're not trying to please our pastor. We're not trying to please our friends and our coworkers. We're not trying to please ourselves by walking in faith. We are called to please God by faith. Whew, that will change your perspective and the heart and the motivation behind what you do and why you do it. So what is Joseph saying to you and I in regards to this humiliation thing? I think what he would say to us today is if, if you want to be a giant of faith, you're going to need to care more about what God thinks about you than what other people think about you. God's opinion, your worth and value in God's eyes must be the most important thing versus the opinion of man. Don't discredit your reputation with man because the Bible talks a lot about that and having a good witness and redeeming the time and being a good faithful witness for Jesus to other people. But our soul's existence and purpose isn't to please people. It's to please God, amen? That will change things, right? And so maybe you find yourself stuck in this trap of obeying people and pleasing people and trying to make everybody happy in your life, but you're, you're, you're broken on the inside, you're empty on the inside because it's just not working out because you're not built for that. You can't please both God and people 100%. By following God, you're going to tick some people off. By following people, you're going to tick some God. You're going to tick God off sometimes, right? Like we've been in these scenarios before. We go and I got this. I'll figure this out. I don't need your help, God. And we do it. And what happens, right? God knows best for us. Maybe you find yourself stuck in a situation where you're, there, there's that extreme humiliation that you're facing, or that extreme cultural pressure. What does it look like for some? For some of us, do we remain pure with our, our boyfriend or our girlfriend, our fiance? And, and face ridicule from the whole culture that's like, what's wrong with you? Like, that's fine. Or do we put God's word to the test and then get ridiculed the other way? How about attending church? Do we attend church regularly? Do we make it a priority in our life but face the shame and the guilt and the humiliation of looking like a church person or a, a Jesus freak or, whoa, Right? Are we strong? Do we hold strong to our convictions that God has given us? I'm not going to get into all of this. I don't care what side of the fence. You vaccines, masks, political. I don't give a rip. What has God and the Holy Spirit spoken in your heart? Are you holding true to that? Or are you bending because of man? Right? Are you holding true to your personal convictions? I don't care how you believe. Just believe. Have faith. Anything that's not in faith is sin, God says in his word. Don't be sinning because I'm trying to... Yeah, I'll say this in this conversation, but I'll tell you what, I said the exact opposite over here. Like, you know, I'm just trying to please people. Don't please people. Live to please God, amen? Because, my goodness, it is so worth it to choose God's way, right? I mean, we could go on and on in different areas. Do we, do we bring God the first and the best of our financial increase, or do we do it every now and then? Right? Like, like different areas where public shame and guilt and ridicule that can happen in so many different areas of our life. And, and are we pleasing God or are we pleasing man? Because here's the deal. The reality is walking in obedience to God may most likely, pretty good chance, result in some humiliation and shame and disgrace before man. But when we obey God, even in the face of adversity, even in the face of severe humiliation, God promises us to lead us and to guide us. Amen? 
That's exactly what he did for Joseph, right? And, and we may have some public shame with it, but we need to come and die to ourselves and say, God, your way is highest and best, and everything else is second fiddle. And I will not bow and I will not bend to the opinion of man. I will hold true to what you have spoken to me. Amen? Joseph does this, and here's the deal. He trusts God. God, you're my source. God, you'll explain it to the people. God, you'll help me not look like a crazy. And even if I look like crazy, I don't care what I look like because I care more about pleasing you and doing it your way, right? God will give you that strength. He will give you that boldness as you put his word to the test. He will back it up with all the power of heaven, amen? So that's number two, right? Faith is obeying God even in the face of severe humiliation. The last thing, as we're rounding this last lap with Joseph, there's so much more we could talk about this morning, obviously, for time's sake. The last thing I feel like he wants to download and get to us today is faith is trusting God even when you don't have all the details. Someone say, hello. Getting real up in here. Faith is trusting God even when you don't have all the details. How many of you in person or online would say you are a planner by nature? You're planners. You like to plan. How many of you want to know the details before things happen? Any people hate surprises in the room? Or get a little anxious and stressed when you don't know how it's all going to pan out. Yeah, I see people waving and shooting their foot up too, right? Like, hey. I think Joseph could probably relate with a lot of us when it comes to this. Because here's the deal. It take, it's a great faith to walk out God's plan for the Savior of the world to be birthed. Just in general, for any person. But especially for a carpenter. You see, Joseph was a carpenter. And I don't know, I don't work in the carpentry trade, but I've watched enough YouTube videos and taken enough Home Depot trips that I kind of figure this thing out a little bit, all right? And I, I know carpenters, and I talk to them who do it for a living, and so I know this detail. Carpenters do their job best when they know all the details ahead of time. When they know the plan, somebody's looking for their iPhone right now. And I believe the Holy Ghost knows exactly where it's at. Maybe that's God calling and getting somebody's attention this morning. We can have fun in church, amen? I ping that thing, yeah, praise God. The only reason you buy a $500 watch is to find your phone. Like, that's like, that's like my wife's story. I still haven't gotten her watch, yeah. It's like, you don't need to spend that much money to find your phone. I'll find it for you. Where was I going with this? Joseph was a carpenter. Carpenters operate and function best when they know all the details, right? Carpenters do their job when they pay attention to the details. They're meticulous on the details. Measure twice, cut once, right? Carpenters do a really good job when they see the whole blueprint first, can do the calculations and what lumber and all that, and then make it happen. They like to have all the details. Now, you can, do a, you can be a carpenter and fly by the seat of your pants and still make it look good and know because you just have it in you. I get it. But most good carpenters would use conventional wisdom and know all the details first. Have a plan for the house first before you build it, right? And then just make it happen. Then they're really good at the detail, the skill work, right? I think Joseph can relate with us because Joseph gets some of the details about how all this thing's going to play out but he doesn't get all the details, right? Let's, let's read it real quick. Matthew 1, 20 through 25, just as a recap. It says, but while he thought about these things, while Joseph thought about all this craziness, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save 
his people for the, from their sins. So all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken through the Lord, through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her until she brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Joseph gets some details from the angel. Go with me on this little journey for a second. What details did he get? Well, he got the detail that Mary wasn't unfaithful to you, Joseph. The child that's within her is of the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine Joseph? Oh, good. Yeah, I've, I've heard of that. I hear that happens a lot. Not? Like what? Like how does that even work? I'm a little confused, all right? What else does the angel tell? Hey, your son, you're gonna have a son and you're gonna name him Jesus. He's like, all right. At first he's like, a boy, let's go. Gender reveal party ahead of time. You're having a boy. He's like, yes. And then he's probably like, oh, I've got to name him Jesus. Okay. Now, God, would, would I mess it up if I went another route like, like Joseph Jr. or Joey? Like, would I mess things up? Like, Jesus is okay, but, you know. Is he going to like carpentry? What about sports, Right? Like, like, will he look like me? Will, will he look like you? Wait, God, what do you look like? Well, I guess we'll find out in nine months. God, when he acts up, do you want to talk to him or do I talk to him, right? Like, is he going to be a normal kid or is he going to be like superhuman, superpower kid? You didn't get all the details. You're going to have a son. You're going to name him Jesus. You're going to save his people from his sins. That was the last, next thing the angel said. He will save his people from their sins. Okay, how does that work? Any special instructions on that one, God, right? I mean, we could go on and on. Joseph, Joseph said, God, are you sure this is going to come to pass? What? I don't think all the people back home in Nazareth are going to go for this. We're going to look really stupid and really silly. Joseph, the carpenter, Mr. Details, is left with a lot of questions, a lot of details that he does not know, a lot of unknowns. And what is his response? We see it in Matthew 1, 24 and 25. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus, not Joey. He did it. Joseph responds in faith. Joseph trusts God even when he doesn't have all the details. Joseph believes God's word and he acts like it's true, no matter what it looks like. I would say that's faith giant status. Would you guys agree? That's a big deal. And if we're running with Joseph right now, as we're about to come through the finish line and close all this up, he would say, yes, trust God when you don't know all the details. But I think for those of us, we'd want to be real and raw and say, Joseph, how? How did you do that? How did you have the faith to believe God in that way? And I believe what Joseph would say to us is this. When you don't have all the details, trust all the details in your life. Trust the one who does. God is the God of 
of detail. God created the universe and made everything work how it currently works. He's not nervous. The Bible says he counts the stars and knows them and calls them by name. All 200 billion trillion stars. That's two with 23 zeros after it. He knows them all by name. He's the God of the details. He placed the earth exactly 93 million miles away from the sun so that you and I wouldn't freeze to death or burn up to death. He's the God of details. He said in his word that he knit you together in your mother's womb, all 30 trillion cells of you. He knit you together. He knows the number of hairs on your head, 100,000 follicles. Now, some of them have not produced hair for some of you in years, but that's okay. He knows all of them and he knew which ones were there and which ones are not, which ones have turned special colors, all that kind of stuff. He's the God of details. There's no judgment. Amen. The Bible calls him the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's been to your future and he knows your today. When you don't have all the details, have faith in a God who does. Have faith. It's our job to believe and trust God. It's his job to work out all the details. Amen? And I feel like God wants to encourage all of us in our faith. Or there might be somebody or someone's here tuning in online that he really wants to encourage this morning. As I was praying and prepping this week, I just felt this drop in my spirit, so I'm going for it. You might be challenged to believe God in faith in your current season right now in your life. But because you don't have all the details, you've been like paralyzed to step out in faith. The enemy has stopped. You want to know the who, the why, the what, the where, the when, the how. And you only have one of those details. You only have God's word in one area of those details. And you're scared. You're anxious. And you're afraid. Here's what I believe our Father wants to say to you. Trust me, I have all of it figured out. If I've said it, if I decreed it, if I've revealed it to you by my spirit, if I've seen, if you've seen it in my word, then I can work it out. You do not have to freak out about this. Just trust me and watch me work out all the details. Amen? I feel like faith is rising in this place this morning. I feel like God is igniting someone or someone's faith this morning. I feel like the details aren't stressing out somebody anymore. Come on, somebody. We serve a God who knows all things and can work all things out for you and I is good. He just says, trust me and believe me in faith, and I will work out all the details. Because here's what I know. Faith isn't seen before believing. It's believing before seeing. Remember what Jesus said to doubting Thomas in John 20, 29. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Good job, buddy. That's easy, right? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So what has God spoken to you in this season? What is God speaking or revealing to your heart in this season to believe him for, to trust him for, to follow him in obedience? Are you acting on it? Because faith is action. Faith produces corresponding action. And here's, here's something that might set someone free. Here's what I've learned the hard way and I've learned okay way and I'm not perfect at this, but God's word is enough. 
if all you have is God's promise, if the only detail you have in your life is what God has said about it, you gotta settle in your heart that that's enough. It's enough because what happens? God's word does a lot. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith then in the word of God produces corresponding actions and faith with corresponding actions can move mountains in your life. The Bible's very clear about that. So if you wanna get through that situation, you wanna remove that mountain, you wanna bust through and have some breakthrough in your life, you need the word of God. And if you only have the word of God, that is sufficient enough. You might not need the who, what, where, when, why. God's telling you, I got this for you. This is for you. Trust me, even when you don't have all the details. So Joseph the carpenter, yeah, he's the earthly father of Jesus and he's in our nativity sets. My goodness, he's a man of faith. And he just simply lived uprightly towards God and, and believed God and took him at his word. Guess what? You and I can do the same. You and I can do the same. And so let's just remember, right living opens up the door for an opportunity for great faith in our life. Trusting God, faith is trusting and obeying God, even in the face of severe ridicule and humiliation. Live to please God, not man. And faith is trusting God, even when you and I don't have all the details. When we don't know what to do, trust the one who does, amen? I believe God's helping us and building us, and as we step up and step out in faith, begin to see amazing miracles like these men and women of faith did before us. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. We just thank you for your word today. We thank you for Joseph and the example. Lord, I ask you to help us. We need your help to be people of faith. We need your help and your strength and your focus to not get caught up in the things of the world and distracted, Lord God, by what culture says to do or what's cool or what's hot or what's in. Lord God, we want to be men and women who live uprightly, live righteously, live according to your law, according to your word, Lord God. That opens up the door for some amazing faith opportunities, Lord God. I see a people and a church of faith, of people on fire for God and people that trust God and take him at his word and nothing shall be impossible. Lord, we want that same faith. We want that same hunger. We want that same tenacity downloaded in our spirits today. Father God, thank you for reminding us that faith is obeying you even when it looks crazy. Help us in some of the current situations that we might find ourselves in right now, that to our family, to our friends, to our coworkers, it looks crazy and they just don't understand. But I never read in your word that, man, everything, every way I live my life, I must help other people understand that. All I know is that, man, I live and we are called to live by faith and please one and one and only person, and that is you, Lord Jesus. So help us have the courage to continue to live our convictions and walk those out regardless of the humiliation and ridicule in our life. And Father, thank you for bringing it all into perspective and reminding us that faith is trusting you, Lord, even when we don't have all the details. Lord, I thank you that our faith is just rising in this place. I thank you that the light bulb is going on for some of us. And for some of us, we're stepping out of the boat even though we have never walked on water before and we don't believe that is scientifically possible. But Lord, you've called us out of the boat and you're challenging us to operate and step out in faith. And Lord, we're gonna just trust the one who knows how to work those details out. We will be obedient and Lord, you will work out the details. Lord, thank you 
for building and growing our faith this morning. Thank you for Joseph the carpenter, the earthly father of Jesus, his example. And Lord, you are no respecter of persons. You are only a respecter of faith. So if you did it for Joseph, you can do it for us. So we receive it all by faith and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Who got a dose of faith this morning? Somebody got it. Praise God. We all need a little shot of faith every now and then. Amen. But hey, I never like to end a service without just one invitation. You saw the result. You guys know the result of Joseph's faith. The Savior of the world, Jesus, was born. We don't have all the details all up along the way. We see Joseph and he lost his son, <laughs> age 12, went back, found him in the temple. He probably built a lot of tables with his dad. I'll tell you what, right? We don't have all those details, but I'm sure the details were important. But the one detail we know that is true, that, that is confirmed in the word, and that 500 eyewitnesses saw after this, that Jesus died for you and I sinned. He was buried in a tomb, and three days later, he rose from the grave so that you and I would never have to taste death or have, have the bondage of sin and sickness and disease on our bodies again. He purchased all of that for us. And the way we connect with that is simply by faith. We can't see that with our natural eyes, but God's word said it, and that has to settle it for our hearts. And so what the Bible says is we have to confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. We have to believe in our hearts that God raised them from the dead and we would be saved and could experience eternity in heaven. So if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior or never prayed a prayer of salvation, in this next minute here, I'm just going to lead everybody through that. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'm not going to call you out or call you up. I just want to know if there's anybody here that maybe I can link my faith with and, and pray with and uh, just know that God hears you. He loves you. He's got a plan for your life. And he wants to come into some hearts today. Let's just bow our heads and close our eyes in prayer out of reverence of this moment. Online as well. No moving around. If you're here today, you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Receive him. You want to believe in him. You want to trust him. You want to make him Lord of your life. Would you just slip up your hand so I know who I'm praying with today? If that's anybody here in this room or online, reverence that moment as well. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray a, a prayer here. I want to encourage everybody here to repeat after me. You, you online as well. Repeat this wherever you're at, wherever you're listening to this. Know that God hears you and he's going to come into some hearts this morning. Say this say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your son Jesus. I receive him as my Lord and as my Savior. Jesus, come into my heart, change my life, and help me live a life pleasing to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a shout of praise in this place. Come on. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.